Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Red Pill Podcast. Today, I will be discussing the series of CIA mind control experiments known as MKUltra. What was the motivation behind MKUltra? Who were the people who put it into place, and who are the ones that got away with it? Join me as I go into unraveling this murky part of American history. Stay tuned. What is MKUltra? Most of you may be familiar with MKUltra. It is one of the more well-known covert operations that the CIA took part in. Uh, because of all the files that have come out, you know, there have been a lot, a lot of things that have come out on MKUltra, a lot of really damning evidence on the CIA that, of course, they'll never, they'll never have to answer for because it's the CIA. You know, and and you had the the precursor to the CIA, as I think I've said before, the OSS, the Office of Strategic Strategic Services. The OSS um, was also dabbling in mind control before MK Ultra ever officially started. They were they were uh, dabbling in hypnosis. You know, that was that was their thing. You know, because uh, it was it it was before LSD had you know been implemented by the CIA and used used in these tests well to to really to really get a good grasp of uh mk ultra and what all went on you know we need to go back to the beginning and if you go back to the beginning you you come across a man named albert hoffman now albert hoffman was a swiss chemist and in 1938 he uh synthesized a compound all right and uh it wasn't called this yet, but th- this compound would go on to become LSD. Well, in 1938, his uh, his first tests of it were done on animals, but all it did to the animals was just make them tired and lay down. So therefore, you know, he he dismissed it, you know. And so, in 1943, he revisited the compound, and this time he decided to take it himself. Well, upon taking it, you know. Every, I mean, anybody uh, who knows, you know, what the effects of LSD are will know, you know, he was, for somebody who is, who's never heard, you know, anything like that, or even, you know, I mean, has no clue, you know, don't even know what tripping is, you know, he, he thought that he was possessed by a demon when it happened, you know, he, he rode his bike home, I believe, and it said it felt like he wasn't moving and he was pedaling, you know, so fast. And when and when he got home, he uh he 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 laid in bed and uh and, and told his wife that he was gonna die. You know he he really really thought so, but 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 really he was going through the very first acid trip there ever was. And uh, the first presentation, you know, like you know, kind of po- I think presentation in America on LSD was done in Boston in nineteen forty three. And many people believe this is where the CIA first got a hold of LSD, or learned about it at least. And the CIA, they were interested in developing drugs that could be used in interrogation and torture. Of course, to gain intelligence, you know, uh, maybe on people, you know, in the United States, you know, people, you know, they suspect to be communists or, or, you know, foreign enemies. Whatever, whatever their their reason may be, you know, and uh, 
Originally, when these MK Ultra experiments were, were started, they were only done on other CIA agents, you know, that, that they were tested on, you know, to see how see how easily they could they could their minds could be manipulated while on LSD. And you know, it may have just been a lot of uh CIA agents, CIA agents volunteering for it because they wanted to get high, you know. You just uh you could really see it. I know I could. I I I I could I could just see it, you know, lining up lining up for their for their acid tab. And uh and the, the the basically the whole goal of this was America trying to get a hold of this technology, you know, mind control technology before the Russians. It was, you know, the CIA was basically, you know, created by the Cold War. It was basically a product of the Cold War. You know, the CIA was not a thing, you know, until, you know, the Cold War. And these... And after the Korean War, there were many uh, veterans who were coming back with with uh, evidence of of brainwashing, of and and they were mo and they were all you know uh, soldiers who had been captured, you know, prisoners of war. They were all coming back with this evidence of, you know, that they 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 seemed to have been brainwashed, which which is what sparked. The U.S. government's um, uh, initiative to to get their hands on these drugs and this mind control technology before the Russians had had mastered it. But I mean, you know, we don't really know. They may have already mastered it before us. But um, basically, basically, what these people would do is they would try to give people such you know dosages of this of LSD enough to pretty much destroy their minds, you know, make it, just empty it, and then they would rebuild it the way they want, you know, they they would they would tell them things, and oftentimes, you know, uh, when it came to un, unsuspecting people who they, who they did it on, which actually, which is in direct violation of the Nuremberg Code, which was enacted after World War II, because of during the Nuremberg trials, because of the Nazi tests that were done, like you know, in camps such as Auschwitz and stuff, you know, these brain control, mind control techniques, the Nazis were experimenting with before the CIA ever, you know, got their hands on it, or you know, ever ever thought about accessing this technology. And it's kind of odd that after World War Two, you know, after Operation. Paperclip, and we brought all the Nazis over. It's interesting that that we began mind control techniques, you know, which 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 many would argue that the CIA is a direct offshoot of the Nazis, you know, because there because there were many Nazis within the intelligence community in America. Well, the thing about the CIA, I forgot to say, the CIA when they started this MK Ultra program, they allocated. I think I'm not sure on this. I believe I I read that it was one third of the CIA's budget was was given to uh, be used for this program, and basically there was no oversight on this. These people who were in charge of this program, you know, were basically able were allowed to to do to uh, 
start all these, you know, experimentation stuff on their own discretion, which, you know, would, would pave the way to a lot of, a lot of less, less than virtuous, uh, experiments by these, uh, CIA agents. The CIA actually, that they started to move on from just CIA agents, and maybe they weren't even just testing their own agents to begin with, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, they were doing it all along to everybody else, you know, we don't really know, like I say, we don't really have no way of knowing one way or the other, but the CIA actually considered, and this is in the documents, they actually considered using LSD in city water supplies to massively affect populations in a city. Uh, and, and, you know, this, this could, and they claimed that it could be used against enemies, you know, when in reality, you know, they, they, they were considering using it on us too, you know. They, they weren't just considering on using it on the enemies. I think that goes without saying. I think we all, we all can uh, probably be in agreement on that, that they would not rule that possibility out. Um, but th there actually are, is a story, I'm not familiar with the name of the town, uh, but there's a town, in, a small village in France where it's uh, reported that, that, that there was actually LSD um, put into the water supply in this small village in um, France by the CIA to see, you know, how it would, you know, work if all these people, if all these, these people took it and, uh, you know, drank the water and, well, well, it basically drove all these people crazy, these people who had never experienced anything even remotely close to LSD, you know, and, uh, a lot of people died and, and there, and there were, there were many people in this village who the survivors, there was interviews, you know, and such done with them, I believe. And they, they were very angry about this, you know, because they, they lost loved ones to this. Because, you know, they would, they would put high amounts of LSD in, this, in, the, in that water supply, which, you know, which you can only imagine, imagine what those people were going through. You know, and, and they began to move on to, uh, to prisons. Which, there's a lot to be said about about Charles Manson and uh, his first bout in prison that uh, that he was possibly uh, experimented on by the CIA um, in these MK Ultra programs. There, there, I mean, there's there's a a very big possibility, and that uh, people always you know have always said that after he came out of prison that first time he was you know when he was supposedly tested on that he was just a totally night and day different person than he was from when he went in. So, but you know, that, that's a story for a different day, a, a very interesting story that I will, I will be going into at some point. Um, but there, there was this other drug that has a very long name. I can't remember, but all I know is that they called it, they would call it BZ. That was the simplified way of, you know, naming it. It was a drug very similar to LSD in that it was a psychoactive drug, you know, it, it, but it lasted for like, like two weeks at a time, and uh, the CIA was uh, going to weaponize it. And you can only imagine what they, what, what you know, kind of damage could have been done with such a, with a uh, such a strong, you know, drug like that. Um, definitely not not a world that we you know would have wanted to have seen if they would have tried to have done that. But in these prisons, 
where they would go do these MK Ultra experiments. See, you can notice, usually notice a pattern, with the exception, you know, of the military people and and the CIA people that they put through these tests. You know, the, in addition to that, most of the most of the other people, and I'd say you know the probably ninety percent of the people who these uh, tests were done on were people from the fringes of society, you know, people with long prison terms, people that they would be able to to uh, talk into uh, consenting for these tests by offering them reduced sentences um, and privileges, you know, and, and extra privileges. And, and, it, and uh, many prisoners lined up for it, you know, and uh, and there are, there are a lot of people who that actually happened to well, there are prisoners actually come out, and you can, I'm sure you can look those videos up if you had a mind to, if you were curious enough. Um, it, it was, it was all a very shady time. These, uh, there, there, there were, these prisons were, were being, you know, used, used for, for the military's gain, and all this, you know, was just, kind of stuff that was going on and people at that point would would have probably wrote it off as ah oh, oh they're just they're just prisoners you know they're criminals but but people forget these are citizens you know we're, we we were doing this people and and they were they were they consented but these people did not know what was going to happen to them you know that they, they they accepted you know these these reduced sentences and these extra privileges without knowing what they were going to have to go through and many of these prisoners who you can, you know, watch the interviews of say that, you know, it wasn't worth it, you know. A lot of what they did to them, this electroshock treatment, ele I mean, you know, electroshock therapy and all this stuff, you know, they fried their brain. They, they, that, that's, I mean, they were frying their brain and, and, and building that shit back up the way they wanted it. Operation Midnight Climax. Now, this is a doozy. The CIA, all right, in San Francisco, they set up several brothels, all right, and these brothels were uh, were used to uh, to sneak the LSD to generals and agents within the U.S. government, you know, the military, or the or agents in the CIA who they suspected might be dirty, might be double agents, might be working for the communists, and so they would take them and they would bring them into these brothels. And what would happen was was the prostitutes would uh, would slip LSD, and to these uh, unsuspecting men in these brothels, uh, and then there was a like a what you call a one sided mirror, where whoever was over this particular operation would sit and uh, and observe. You know, he would uh, he would he would watch. Uh, watch it happen and make observations you know I, and and you know you know you can look at that like uh like he was actually trying to figure out something or maybe he was just enjoying himself you know there's always that possibility especially considering the lack of oversight that was going on there i would really be pressed to find out try to well they actually what they would do is they would the prostitutes would attempt attempt to ask the the um the men the men questions about their jobs and things like that 
they were trying to see if these men were dirty, how easily they would espouse classified information, you know. They were, they, they, they were trying to figure out if these men could be trusted, you know. And they thought that if, you know, they gave them this LSD, that it would that, that it would weaken their mind to a point to where they would have to uh they would have to either, you know, that they, they would show their true colors and then in this state as you know as you know was their was their theory. You know. And uh and the they 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 were they were very worried about the communists, you know, coming and influencing people within our government. And the, and and another another side of this was not only were they were they do were they testing you know these people you know to uh, see see how loose a lip they'd be after some LSD they were also investigating possibly using prostitutes against foreign leaders and stuff to gain intelligence which is something that you know the CIA is always looking for new ways to gain intelligence um, well. The man, the scientist, um, who was over MK Ultra, his name was Sidney Gottlieb. I mean, it's a funny last name. I, I'm not, I couldn't, I can't pronounce it. Uh, but he was he was the head scientist on MK Ultra. Um, and the interesting thing around this time, and you may have heard about this, is that there was a lot of uh, college students who volunteered for. Uh, these LSD test programs, and they were mostly, uh, you know, uh, younger people, and a lot of this has a lot to do, you know, maybe with, with the beginning of the hippie movement. That's that's how a lot of people look at this, you know, is that the CIA's introduction of LSD, you know, was what, what um sparked the hippie movement. Uh, one. Um, one one man in particular stands out. His name was Ken Kesey. Kesey, K E S E Y is his last name. Kesey Kesey. I don't know. He was he was the self. This was his what he said about himself that he is the self proclaimed link between the beat generation of the fifties and the hippies of the sixties. So that would make this man a uh, a huge, you know part of the counterculture movement of the 60s all right so remember that that's important so turns out that this fellow was you know uh he went through he, he, he was a volunteer while he was at stanford he volunteered to do this do the uh, lsd testing and this man come out the other side you know uh a hippie basically you know he was the one he he, he was a uh, he was a novelist, I do believe, and uh, and and he had he he wrote a lot of books um, that influenced the counterculture and influenced a lot of people. And the interesting thing when you look at it, you know, is is that you look throughout, you know, you know the the counterculture of the sixties, and they're always talking about the man in quotation marks. You know, the man, you know, could be it's like the the um you know, the government, you know, whatever you want to call it, the man. They're sticking it to the man. Well, turns out that the man introduced these drugs to the counterculture. And and these were the these drugs were, were drugs that were most seen as things that would be against the man 
However, the man brought the man would the, the man, like I said, quotation marks, would not have brought it in if it, you know, wasn't something that looked like it was just totally uh against the man, you know. And the CIA, a lot of people don't know this, actually brought in psilocybin mushrooms for the first time as well. And that's that's a, that's a different topic for another day, but a lot is to be said about the type of drugs that the CIA has brought in, you know, to to possibly create a more uh, docile society, as some people would say it. Another man you may be familiar with is Ted Kaczynski, who uh, was also known, of course, as the Unabomber. Um, he was, he in college, he was um, a test subject for the CIA under uh MK Ultra. And uh, by the way, I don't think I've said this yet, but MK stands for the German word for mind control. You can look that up. It's kind of strange, isn't it? Got a bunch of Nazis and we need to start naming shit, you know, after Nazi stuff. But um this the the Unabomber when you find out that he was a volunteer test subject while he was at you know while he was at Harvard for the CIA in LSD, and then you read his manifesto, it really kind of blows your mind, because if you read this man's manifesto, he pretty much predicted the world we live in today, and to think that he was exposed to high, you know, particularly high doses of LSD when he was in college, that really makes you wonder, did that LSD uh, affect a part of his brain that gave him insight into uh you know what is to come now now you may you can choose to believe that or not because we don't really know you know what influenced him to write that manifesto that manifesto that came true in so many ways you know it's talking about you know the technology that we'd have in the way that we would interact with each other you know he he nailed it to a T, pretty much, you know. The Unabomber, you know, there's a famous uh, Sam Tripoli. He has a um, T-shirt that says the Unabomber was right. And the Unabomber, that, 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 that'll be a whole episode. I'll, I, I will, uh, I, I'll be able to dedicate a whole episode to the Unabomber. There, there is a lot to talk about there. But now going back to MKUltra, these MKUltra continued on into the 70s you know it was that they they and you know most and most of the the things that they did will never will, will never be known the majority we, we know a very small fraction of what they did because of this man richard helms who was the cia director at the time all right and this man this man he, he was he predicted you know that it was going to be exposed to the public i'm sure he probably knew there's probably some people threatened to expose him. So he ordered to have the documents destroyed. And it's also said that he suspended the the you know the whole MK Ultra program, but that's up for debate. Well, the thing the thing about it is, is that there was a clerical error when they were trying when they were destroying all these files and they accidentally sent some of the documents to the wrong office. So while the CIA was in their office 
over here destroying all these, you know, incriminating files, um, you have a small amount of these files that are, uh, that are intact. And these files are what eventually became rele uh, re was released under the Freedom of Information Act and allowed us to have the insight, at least a slight insight, into what these people were doing back then, you know? Involuntary test subjects, you know, it was, it, it's, it, it's amazing, really amazing what, what, what the CIA got away with. But actually, but when, when you get to looking at, into things more, you know, you get to reading things, it becomes less surprising, to be honest. You know, MKUltra compared to some of the other things that our government, more specifically, the CIA has been a part of. I mean, there's things they've done that make MK Ultra, I mean, look like nothing, you know? Makes it look like a, a petty misdemeanor. It's the, the, the CIA, you know, the network of criminals, man. A network of criminals. And, 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 you, and we'll, we'll talk more about the CIA. We'll talk, we will be talking a lot about the CIA in this podcast because they have their fingers in a lot of shit. Um, but anyway, there were hearings, um, into the MK Ultra. You know, they, there were, there were here, there were congressional hearings. Uh, and the thing about them was, is that before, prior to these hearings, all of the incriminating evidence, you know, of course, had been destroyed by the CIA. And, and at these hearings, as you could imagine, all of the CIA agents involved, they lied about it. They, you know, they, they, they lied about uh, the program and what they were doing. And they got off for it, of course. Nothing was going to happen to them. It, even if they had found the files, I, I have, I don't know why, but I just have this gut feeling that nothing would have happened anyway. The only reason they had these hearings was for the public to see, you know, this is simply a show. If they had had the incriminating documents, this congressional hearing would have never happened. It's what a lot of people don't, you know. If there was going to be something done about it, something would have been done about it whenever we actually found out. But still, I mean, there's people who were involved in this program, you know, who who were still walking around scot-free. But, you know, it's 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 a really... The closest thing they came to, um, there was there was an almost obligatory obligatory admission that at least one person died during these transgressions, uh, but with the provision that he probably expired not from the MK Ultra brainwashing mind control programs himself. He didn't include that part, but but I did, you know, for effect uh, themselves, but from related medical causes. Now, I feel like I've heard this. That, that, that's, that's an old trick in the uh, CIA playbook. He also died of medical causes. You know, that's, that's it's like, it's, it, it's crazy, you know. Stuff like this has been going on in history for ages. But now the ultimate question that you have to look at here is, that, is this still going on? Is MK Ultra still going on in America? And uh, a lot of people will call you crazy for saying that. But I will go out on a limb and say that if you do not think that there is mind control still going on within America in at least some form, then you are under that mind control. Because whenever you unplug and, and you open your eyes and you see 
the things that are going on around you and you turn around and look at people who are still, you know, you know, you know, uh, quote unquote, plugged into the matrix. When you see these people, you start to realize just just how crazy things are. You know, like school. Schools, the public school system in America is nothing but an indoctrination system. From the time you were in kindergarten uh, to you, you know, you're in 12th grade, graduate high school, from the time you get you know, kindergarten to high school graduation, they drill things in your head. They drill things over and over again. And, and it's all, and, you know, of course, it's all, you know, for this end result of getting people to, to view things a certain way. And they, you know, teach you these things so hard. So that so that so that it's so ingrained in your mind that your brain will resist anything that's told in opposition to that thing that you consider a fact. It's why it's so hard for so many people to see what's really going on and understand that our government does not really want what's best for us. Because in school, then you know your entire time in the public school system, you're rewarded for following authority. And you're rewarded for being able to memorize and regurgitate things that are told to you. And the people who question authority and cause, and there's and the people who have there's there's friction between these teachers, these people of authority. They punish them, you know. And and questioning authority is a very, very, um, it, it, it's it's the first step, you know, to opening your eyes to what's going on around here. People, people are, are so, I don't, and I, I can't say, I don't know what they're really using now, but there's something. When the fact, you know, for someone to be able to turn on, you know, any mainstream news channel and be able to watch that and say, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. You're, you're fucking brainwashed. If you watch CNN, uh, MSNBC, NBC, um, and I mean, there's there there's some decent guys at Fox News right now, but 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 for the most part, every news station, like for example, Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson is exposing some truths that nobody. He's talking about things you know on these these big stations, and I'm surprised they haven't taken him off for yet because Fox, you know, is is slowly moving towards the direction of the other. News and and Fox they were they were corrupt as fuck when Bush was in office. You know they pushed the whole Iraq you know <laughs> agenda. You know that they had weapons of mass destruction, which turned out to be absolute and utter asinine bullshit. Well, you know if if you if you listen to all of the you know to to news and you hear what some of these guys like on CNN, you got Anderson Cooper, and if you listen to Anderson Cooper. And Chris Como, and you say, yeah, yeah, I can really get behind that. I believe what he's saying. You're brainwashed. Sorry to tell you. Have a nice day. This was Johnny Stone with the Red Pill Podcast.